0: Uh, but look at Proverbs 13, excuse me, Proverbs 14 and not verse number 13. Proverbs 14, verse number 13. The Bible says, even in laughter the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going." A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow down before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, again for tonight, Lord, it's already been mentioned, but Lord, I just want to second and third it tonight. I am thankful for church on a Wednesday night. Lord, as much as I enjoy preaching, God, I'm thankful for the the opportunity, Lord, to fellowship and, Lord, to pray one for another. Lord, to gather around the altar as a church family and, Lord, just bring our, our needs and our requests and, Lord, our wants and our desires and our dreams and our goals and just lay them at your feet, Lord, and do as you see fit and as you please with them. Lord, knowing, God, that you do have our best intentions at heart. Lord, you don't take pleasure, God, in in, in ruining our lives. You don't take pleasure in destroying us. But, Lord, you you show us how much you love us by caring for us and providing for us. And, Lord, you surely are gracious and you surely have plenty of mercy. Uh, Lord, the way that you love me and you take care of us tonight, Lord, demonstrates that and proves that. I just pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, that you'd help me now to preach the Word of God and just give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech and hide me behind the cross of Calvary, Lord, empty me out of myself and fill me with the Spirit of God. Lord, I just simply want to be used of you to bring glory and honor to your name and to help your people. Lord, help me to feed the flock of God that is among me tonight. What a privilege that is, God, help me to take it seriously. And Lord, just use it for your glory. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, and amen. There's a verse in Isaiah, and you've probably heard it before. It's Isaiah twenty-eight ten. It said, for precept must be upon precept, and precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And that verse is telling us, and you go to the verse before, it talks about who is going to hear doctrinal. It's going to be those that are desiring to hear that. And then he tells us, well, how do you teach it? You teach it line upon line, precept or truth upon truth, in line upon line. And now there's some that will argue with you that there's only one style of preaching that God ordains and God is for, and, and God expects every preacher to preach like that. There's some men they preach topically. And what does that mean? Well, they take one theme or one subject and they chase it through the the entirety of the word of God. For instance, if you were to preach topically on grace, you'd go find everywhere it's mentioned in your Bible and you would preach some truths about grace. And there's some that preach expository and that's uh, what we'll be doing here tonight and what we do around here quite often. That's just where you take certain portions of scripture and you expose the truth that is in there. You bring it to the surface where everybody can get a piece of it, and everybody can understand that, and, and some will say, well, if you preach topically, you're not called, if you preach expository, you're not called. Said preacher, which one are you? I'm for Bible preaching, amen, and I, and I thank the Lord for it, and I'm grateful for a man who'll stand behind, whether it's topically or expository, in preach the word of God. Now, there are some that'll say, well, in order for you to preach right, you have to only preach line upon line. That means you have to take a, a book of the Bible like we've been doing in the book of Proverbs and uh, you just take it line upon line and that's wonderful. And they say, well, if you pick a topic or anything like that or a subject and you, you flip-flop from one place to another, they say you can't do that. Well, and Here's the thing tonight, I'm not going to break fellowship with them. I'm just going to disagree with them and go on for the glory of God tonight. I think we ought to be led by the Spirit of God and neither way is better than the other. Uh but they're 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 needed tonight. But that's what we've been doing, in the book of Proverbs, and and we literally started now, we're going line upon line. We were dealing with subjects in the previous chapters, and it's like God has put this thing into to slow motion and we're gonna take it line upon line, precept upon precept, and we're just gonna deal with verse for verse for verse. We won't get through it quickly, but hopefully we'll get through it effectively uh tonight. But we're gonna see some things so as we look at verses thirteen through nineteen, we're gonna see some issues that are present here in in Proverbs chapter number fourteen. And they're gonna we're gonna deal with these issues now in, in a few hours tonight, there will be a, a stage full of people who are going to deal with issues. They're going to debate issues tonight. Tonight, we're not going to debate them. We're not going to argue about them. We're just going to say, all right, Lord, what's the issue? And Lord, what does your word say about the issue? Notice number one tonight, we see heart issues. We see heart issues. Verses 13 and 14 tonight, it brings up the subject of the heart it says even in laughter is a heart sorrowful and in the end, the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled in his own ways and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. And so we see the word heart there, but then we see some issues that are tied to a heart. The first one tonight is we see a sorrowful heart. A heart that is sorrowful. It is in pain. It is sore. It is and you have ever had your heart hurt? You've ever been disappointed? You've ever been so discouraged? Physically, you were fine. And the only way you could explain it was, man, my heart hurts for you or my heart breaks for you. And the Bible tells here in verse number 13 that mere laughter is not the cure for a sorrowful heart. In essence, tonight, if you're discouraged, just going, ha 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 ha, isn't going to make you feel any better. It's not going to solve anything. It's not going to fix anything. Because the Bible said, when you get done laughing, guess what's still there? The sorrow that is in your heart. there isn't a joke funny enough to fix. You, you might laugh for a moment, but the sorrow and the pain is still there. And the Bible says when that mirth is over, right The heaviness is still there. So, a preacher uh, the, in the Bible does say, "A merry heart doeth good, like medicine." It is in there, and I. But mere laughter, in essence, trying to trying to not deal with something by sidestepping it with comedy, is it going to fix that? Can I? ask, How many of you ever heard this phrase? You you'll say, "I have to keep, or I have to laugh to keep from what, crying." And that doesn't change anything. That doesn't fix anything. It just really is a coping mechanism for us not having to deal with what is actually heavy on our heart. And so we see here tonight that a heart that is sorrowful isn't just sawed by mere laughter alone or or mirth or happiness or or necessarily good things or funny things that you're observing and seeing. So preacher, what do we do when our heart is sorrowful? Well, David in Psalm 61, he didn't laugh out to God, but the Bible said, hear my cry, O God, attending to my prayer from the end of the earth will I cry to thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Can I say tonight we've become professionals at sidestepping those things that bother us by, by focusing on things that necessarily just, they just make us feel good, they don't solve anything. Can I say one of the best things you'll ever do in your Christian life, when your heart becomes heavy, it is not to try to cope with it. It is not to try to drown it out. It is not trying to just push it off somewhere, not think about it, whatever you compartmentalize, whatever that word is, the best thing you and I can do is cry out to the Lord. Because the jokes aren't going to fix it. The laughter isn't going to solve it. But God in heaven can. And he's able to solve that which hurts us the most. Can I say tonight, when our heart is sorrowful, we need to learn to cry out to the Lord. We see a sorrowful heart in verse number 13, but in verse number 14, we see a sliding heart. We see a sliding heart. Look at verse number 14. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and when a good man shall be satisfied, or excuse me, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Now, the backslider and the fool are different. We've we've been introduced to the foolish man or the fool throughout the book of Proverbs. A fool is somebody whom the truth has been presented to, it has been taught to, clearly explained to, and they understand it as truth, they just reject it. The backslider is the one who has heard the truth and at some point has accepted the truth, lived with the truth, and lived in the truth, and now they are backing away from what they know to be true. Uh, I can't remember what commentator I read after. He said, but backsliding is you giving back what God has gained for you. And we see here tonight that the backslider, we, we see their heart tonight. They have stepped away from the truth that they know to be right and they've backslid. They're not where they once were tonight and and now they have gone in the, the wrong direction and the Bible said we can see their heart. Notice what their heart is. Look at verse number 14. Their heart is what? It's filled. It's filled with a whole lot of stuff. You could probably say it this way, it's filled with a whole lot of junk. They've allowed things to come into their heart that ought not to be there. I don't think a Christian gets saved by the grace of God with the intention that I'm going to backslide. I'm so glad that God saved me, now I can backslide. That's that's not the heart behind it. But how many of us know that it is those things when we allow our heart to be exposed and to f- be filled with things that ought not to be there, malice, anger, strife, envy, jealousy, bitterness, pride, you can go down. When we allow those things to fill our heart, we are quickly will become in a, going in the wrong direction. But notice this, though his heart is filled, he is not like the good man. Look at verse number 14. For a good man, his heart is what? Satisfied. Satisfied. Here's the thing tonight, and, and you kind of have to think about it in this me- mentality that a backslider will, be never, will never be satisfied by going back to what he or she knows isn't satisfying. And that's when well, you get saved by the grace of God and God changes your life and he, he dwells inside of you and something in our mind and we're, we're, the Bible said we're all like sheep. We've all gone astray. We all have the capability tonight and, and, and we fight our flesh on a daily basis. Man, how many have had your flesh lie to you today? Hey, listen, it'll be worth it to say that. It'll be worth it to do that. It'll be worth it to, to do what you want to do even though... In my heart, I'm saying that ain't right. It wasn't no fun before I was saved. It ain't gonna be no fun afterwards. And but here's the thing tonight, that that backslider allows their heart to be filled, but then they become that dissatisfied or unsatisfied person again. Whereas the good man says, I don't need all of that because I have found the one who satisfies my heart. And I'm gonna stay near to him. the good man is already satisfied, from what the Lord has already done. He could say it this way, you could say if the Lord doesn't bless me anymore, it's okay because I have him. If I don't get everything that everybody else has, that's fine because one day I'm going to leave this world behind and I'm going to leave everything that everybody else is working for and everybody else is striving for and fighting over. I'm going to leave all that behind for what God has already prepared for me. So we see, number one, tonight we see some heart issues. Let me ask you tonight, does your heart have any of those issues? Is there something that is breaking your heart tonight and you've tried your best to ease the pain and you've tried your best to, to try to drown it out and, and 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 to just to pretend like everything is happy? Can I say it's one thing to pretend like you know the song that we're singing when you don't, but it's completely different to pretend like everything is fine when it's not god never called you and i to be great pretenders he called you and i to be honest and to be comfortable enough to say lord my heart is broken lord i am crying out to you does your heart have any of those issues tonight not only do we see heart issues but notice more too we see some heating issues we see some heat not heating but heating h-e-e-d-i-n-g heating issues Verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but a fool rageth and is confident. Now, one of the biggest separators between the simple person and the smart or the prudent person isn't their IQ level. How many of us can I can say, well, praise the Lord because mine isn't very high. You mean, preacher, I can be smart in a biblical sense and not have to ace an IQ test? Praise God, yes, you can, amen. And here's the thing tonight, even if you had the greatest IQ the world's ever seen, without the Holy Spirit, it don't make much of a difference. Now we see tonight, but but it it isn't necessarily how smart we are, but what separates the simple and the prudent man is really what you heed or what you yield to. And what you slow down, or who you slow down and listen to. Now, notice the Bible said in verse number 15, the simple, right here in verse number uh, uh, 15, the simple believeth every word. A, a, a word that you and I maybe maybe better understand concerning the word simple is someone who's naive. You ever been around some naive people? You ever been? You, have you ever been naive yourself? <laughs> For the longest, my father-in-law would tell my kids that, listen to if you can put salt on a bird's tail, you can catch it. I got to think about I man. Why would you put salt on a bird? What does that, does that slow them down? Does it paralyze them? Does it put them into shock and they can't move? Finally, my wife said, if you get close enough to put salt on its tail, you're close enough to catch it. Bing, I got it. Amen. <laughs> See, sometimes it's fun to mess with the naive person. It's just not as fun when you are the naive person. <laughs> but notice the simple deny. Their naive shows when they believe everything they hear. Without questioning it, or without being concerned, or without stepping back and saying, well, does this line up with the Bible? Does this line up with God's word? Is this a truth that I need to follow? Or is this is is this is this something that appearing as a truth that I need to get away from? The Bible says the simple man just believes everything. And here's the thing, if you and I live our lives just believing everything we hear, we are going to get to the end of our days in a messed up place. And in a a, a bad predicament, because everything we hear isn't true. Can I say I'm to the place in my life now that anything that comes across the news, my back of my mind, I'm saying, is that really what's going on? Or is there more to this? I have become a skeptic. I've become one who, let me question that, amen? And probably because I said that, the government's gonna shut us down next week. (laughs) What are we gonna do, preacher? We'll figure out somewhere else to meet. But notice here tonight that the simple, it puts them in a dangerous position because when you just believe everything you hear, somebody will take advantage of you. Oh, preacher, you shouldn't say that. Well, that's how the world operates. Can I say everybody in the world is just looking for somebody they can take advantage of? And they'll tell tell you whatever they have to tell you for them, for you to believe them. In essence, they said it, so it must be right. And the Bible said, hey, listen, don't, yes, we are babes in Christ, and yes, we are growing in our salvation, what Christ has done for us, and we are learning, and we are, we are observing, we're being taught, and we're listening, but we just can't take everything at face value. There's times we need to stop and say, is that, is that, is that what the Bible says? And if a preacher gets up and says, listen, you need to take my, word, don't, you don't, don't worry about studying it for yourself, don't worry about asking questions, you you just take my word for it, run a million miles away. Because Paul said one of the greatest things the church at Maria did was to go back and study the scriptures and see if those things were so. Can I say tonight, the, the Bible said the, the simple man heeds nothing. Heeds, oh, that sounds good, that sounds wonderful, that sounds good, that sounds wonderful. And it gets, puts him in a, in a dangerous predicament. But notice the prudent man in verse number 15, looketh well to his going. Well, that sounds prideful. He don't care about anybody else. All he's doing is looking out for himself. That's not what the Bible's saying. But the Bible says a smart man when thi- or a smart lady, when things are said to them or they observe something before just jumping right into it, they step and say, well, how is this going to affect me? And how is this going to influence me? How is this going to change me? How is this going to have an effect on my life and my family and my children and all of those kind of things? The prudent man stops and said, is this going to help me or hinder me? Is this going to be a burden or is this going to be a blessing? So the simple man just says, all right, that sounds good. They're they're like that fish that, you know, out of nowhere, a worm has dropped into the water. It must be for me. (laughs) I've never seen a worm like that. It's yellow and black and all different colors. It's got shiny. It's got to be good. And that fish just bites it. Going to find out it ain't real (laughs) and it ain't no good. Where a prudent person will stop and say, you know what? Before I just act here, let me take some time to pray about this. Let me take some time to seek God's word about what is going on here. But then we go on to say we see some heeding issues. Not only does the, the, the smart man heed before he acts, but notice here the wise man perceives the evil. Look at verse number 16. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil. Now it's not that the wise man is is he's afraid and he's scared in the sense that we we think about somebody being scared and afraid but he has a reverence towards God and a fear towards God and he knows what God's word said he well how do you know well he's wise Right, he's wise, God has given him wisdom and he's given him enough wisdom that he can see evil, he can discern evil and he can see it more than just face value and when he sees that, he departs from it. He stays far away from it. Can I say tonight, some of the wisest things you'll ever do is to run away from sin and to run away from those issues and those things that we know have no benefit in our life. He perceives the evil, and due to his fear, as reverence of God, he departs from it. He isn't a coward. He's wise. He's wise. But then we see the fool. The Bible said the fool perceives the same evil. He sees it right out there in front of him. He, 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 he sees just like the, the wise man does. The Bible said instead of running away, he rages. He rages and is confident. That word rages literally means to go towards with zeal. In essence, he's not tiptoeing towards it. He's running full speed at it. And he's confident, I got this, I can handle this. I know it's evil, and I know it's wrong, but that evil ain't seen somebody like me. And I'm going to show that evil who is boss. Can I say tonight, you and I don't have the power and our own ability to face evil by ourselves. In the gospels, there was those disciples, they were trying to cast that demon out of that boy. I could see they were probably trying to do everything they could think of. And it wasn't working. And so Jesus coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, he sees this commotion and, and Lord, we've tried everything. We've slapped him with oil. We've power bombed him. We've tried everything, Lord. And Jesus, well, some only come by prayer and fasting. And just that quickly they realize they don't have the answer for everything. And can I say tonight, it's a foolish thing for you and I to see evil, discern it, and say, you know what? I can handle that. I'm big enough and I'm bad enough. You better watch out, evil. Here I come. Anybody who has that, the Bible Bible doesn't say you're, the Bible calls that fool. That's foolish. That's that's the wrong attitude to have. And you'll quickly find out otherwise that you can't handle it. Let me ask you, how well are you at heeding when it's time to heed? When it's time to slow down and listen and study and, and to check things out, how well do you do that? Then we see number three tonight. We see some hot issues. We see some hot issues. Kind of like the weather around here lately. It goes from 37 degrees to 85 today. And it'll be back down to the 30s on Sunday. Makes no sense at all. But I'd much rather have that than 18 inches of snow, amen? (laughs) Preacher, I love snow. I mean, It's fun to play in for like a day. You get around the places, it's there for six months, it ain't no fun no more. But notice here, there's some hot issues. Look at verse number 17. The Bible said, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. We know that there is an allowance for anger in the Christian life. There are things in the Christian life that ought to make you and I angry. We could go back to the gospel and see things that were taking place where we've seen Christ angry at that which was taking place. But there is a line, and, I, and we like to make it like it's way over here, but I think it, it's, it's a lot closer than we give it credit to where we take anger too far and it becomes sin. That's why the Bible says be angry in sin and not. So obviously there is a line that you and I can cross out of anger into sin. And there's things that ought to, ought to upset us. There's things that when we see them, we ought not to smile and giggle at because they're not funny. It ought to bother us. It ought to, it ought to, in a sense, make us angry to the point where we, we desire in our heart to do that which is right. In essence, not, not to become angry and then jump into sin as an excuse, as a result of our anger. And so we know that, yes, there's an allowance for it, but we also know it can quickly get out of hand, can't it? And it gets out, a whole lot of, ha- out of hand a whole lot quicker than we give it credit to. The Bible says be angry and sin out. Now notice here we see two kinds of anger here in verse number 17. And God doesn't give us the go ahead for either one, nor does he condone either one. We see the danger of quick anger. Look at verse number 17. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. In essence, you, you are not the fool, but you are acting like one. You are having the same actions come out of your life as a fool would have when you and I allow anger to become quick in our life. And when we, uh, we don't check our anger, we don't ask why, we don't, we don't stop for a second, we will act foolishly in a way that isn't good or right. Preacher, what's a way that I can check my anger before you react? Ask yourself this question. Why am I so angry? Start asking yourself questions. Is reacting really what I want to do right here? Is is this the, the time and the place? And this is, is this how it needs to be handled? And begin to ask your question. Stop and ask yourself, why am I so angry? <laughs> but a lot of times, really, our mind's already made up. It's already there, and now all i got to do is react. And the Bible said, when you and I react in soon anger, anger that hasn't been checked or questioned or analyzed, will act foolishly. We'll say things we don't want mean to say. We'll do things we, don't, we, we, we normally wouldn't do. Whereas if we just take a few seconds and a few moments and say, all right, is this really worth it? Or you can take the Daniel the Tiger approach and count to, what are you supposed to count to, T.R.? Ten, right? Count to ten before you say anything. Right, we see the danger of quick anger, but we also see the danger of hidden anger. Well, preacher, if I, if I can't just let it all out right then and there, I'm just going to hold it all in, and I'm not going to react outwardly. But in my heart, I'm plotting, preacher. In my heart, I'm thinking, boy, if I, if I just get opportunity, I know enough people, I'll not leave a trace. <laughs> Can I say the Bible says that's just as bad as quick anger. All right? there's a danger to quick anger, there's also a danger to hidden anger. I don't scream and yell. I just plot and plan, preacher. eh, That ain't right either. Preacher, what are we supposed to do with our anger? If I I can't let it out and I can't hold it in, what am I supposed to do? Take it to God. Didn't Jesus say, cast all your care upon me? That ain't just your wants and your needs and the, the the things you would like to have. That is the things you don't know what to do with. And if you don't know what to do with your anger, take it to the one who does. And say, Lord, I need help with this. I don't know how to handle my anger. Notice what he said right here. The Bible said in verse number 17, and a man of wicked devices is what? Hated. He's hated. You ever met somebody who just eat up with bitterness? You can, the anger just oozes out of them. And I don't know about you, I wouldn't necessarily say that I hate them. I just hate being around that because it rubs off on you and it puts you in a bad place. And all they ever talk about is, is how angry, and how mad, how messed up everybody else. You'll, you'll end up hate being around those people. And it's a terrible when you become that person. So we see some hot issues. We see this issue of anger. What are some anger issues that you need the Lord to help you with, whether it's quick or hidden? Can I say tonight, he can help you with all that tonight. You just bring it to them. We see the hot issues. We see the heating issues. We see the... Help or the, the, what was the first one? The hard issues. The notice number four tonight. We see the helpful or the hopeful issues. Verses 18 and 19. The Bible said the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. And we already kind of talked about the simple, how they inherit folly. Well, the, why, why do they inherit folly? Well, they just believe everything. And it puts them in that position. That's what they inherit. But then we see a promise of received knowledge. The Bible said the prudent are crowned with knowledge. They are crowned with knowledge. And then we see the prudent, Lord, I need wisdom and knowledge, are crowned with knowledge. In essence, if You think about this. Let me ask you. I was about to say the Queen of England. I guess there is one now. I, don't, I know there's a king now. But when they coronated King Charles... They put a crown on his head. Now let me ask you that, is that his crown? Well, of course it is. He possesses it, but now it's also being what? Displayed. And the same thing is true in your life. When you, Lord, I need wisdom. I need knowledge. Not only are, now do you possess it, but now he's allowing you to display it. He's allowing you, uh, through you and in you for people to see his knowledge and his wisdom at work in your life. Now you possess it, which is praise God. That's wonderful. But now he's allowed you to have a testimony with it because now it's being displayed out to others. That's what a crown does. The Bible said the prudent are crowned with knowledge. In verse number 19, the evil bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Now we look at our world, you say, preacher, that ain't happening right now. It seems like, preacher, the longer I live, the more evil the world's getting. The world, since the of man, the world's always been evil. I just think with social media and, and, and television, we just see it at an unprecedented rate. You know how much peaceful, more peaceful your life is if you get off Facebook and you turn off the television and you just live the life that God has called you to live? No, preacher, I need to know what's going on in China. I, I, I need to know what those communists are up to. You going you gonna to fix it? <laughs> you going to go over there and change everybody? I mean, I'm all for being informed tonight. I'm all for being uh, knowing what's going on in the sense of information. But can I say tonight, it seems like if you're not careful, you'll begin to believe the lie that evil is winning. And that in the end, evil is going to conquer. Can I tell you tonight, it's not going to conquer. Why do you know that, preacher? Well, let me turn over to Philippians chapter number 2 tonight, and we'll see real quick. He said, wherefore God has highly exalted him, who Christ and giving him a name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow on things of heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, understand that I don't care how, more, how powerful they become, I don't care how many countries they take over. God's not bowing down to communism, God's not bowing down to homosexuality, God's not bowing down to liberalism, God's not bowing down to any of that. But one day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord evil doesn't win the promise of relegated foes evil will always bow down to God why preacher he's already been defeated <laughs> wickedness will always bow down to righteousness why wickedness has already been defeated and sometimes sometimes <laughs> It'd probably do you good tonight not to watch the Republican debate tonight. They're probably lying anyways. <laughs> and they're probably gonna say, they're just telling, saying things to get votes and all that kind of stuff. And can I say tonight, now, <laughs> we got enough to think about in the word of God tonight. Whether the Republicans win another election or not, whether the Democrats win one fairly. It really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things because I know how this thing's going to play out. And thank God I'm on the winning side tonight. I may not see it in my lifetime, but I will see it in my eternal life. <laughs> and that's what, I'm, that's what we're living for anyways tonight. We see some helpful issues. How many are glad that we're on the winning side tonight? And that evil will not triumph good. There's some hard issues. There's some helpful issues. There's some heating issues. There's some hot issues. Let me ask you, are there any of these issues in your life tonight? And what are you going to do with these issues? Let's pray to Heavenly Father. Lord.